Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, Bears football is back. We'll go over what to expect this Sunday night against the Rams, as well as a few other Chicago sports nuggets along the way on episode 57 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Gellman. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gellman. The man on the other side of the Skype is Dan Collins. You can follow him at TweetDanCollins. The show Believe in Chicago Sports is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Well, as Dan mentioned, we finally made it. After months of heartache and anticipation and maybe fear, the Bears are back. Opening up this Sunday night against the Rams. And we want to zero in on that because it's the biggest damn storyline in the city. Football is upon us. We're recording during Tom Brady's spectacular first half of Thursday Night Football and and it's just you, you you can feel it's a little cooler outside you you can you can feel football in the air and that's all that really matters in what's been a crazy crazy year so dan are you ready you ready for some football as ready as i can be it's funny because last year when we finally had football or i'm not going to say finally because it really didn't get derailed by the pandemic look i mean there was the whole no fans in the stands to kick things off and whatnot. So that's why today felt like almost extra special. It was like, no, we didn't really, we didn't miss out on any football last year because of the pandemic, but full house, you know, it was, it was the first, it was, we finally got another opening week with all that anticipation in the stands, you know, granted it was only just one year prior, you know, to the 2020 opening season, but yeah, I mean, we're ready. I know plenty of, plenty of beers fans are going to be, you know, tuning in, wondering what the heck, you know, to kind of expect from this team. Listen, there, there's a lot of storylines when it comes to the Chicago bears. Um, I think the biggest one is basically, all going to be around the offense because who would have thought new quarterback that you just draft it's an offensive league so i'll be glued to the tv and i think there's something different this year joey than last year um and we touched on it a little bit of course but last year with the whole mitch trubisky nick Foles thing it was like one of these things like have to have to work otherwise like we don't know what the hell we're going to do, right? Because this is pre-Justin Fields. But now that the Chicago Bears have Justin Fields, hopefully a franchise quarterback who we can have for five plus, how, 10 plus years, right? That's that's what the whole dream is. Every single one of these games, there is something to look for. And you could go the very basic route of saying, hey, even if we lose, like, it's okay. Like, if the Bears start off 0-5, 0-6, Whatever, we'll just see Justin Fields a little quicker. Or you could go the route. Hey, we actually look pretty all right. We're playing, th- you know, we're, we're playing five hundred thus far, three and three, four and three. You know, if you come out to like a five hundred or just above five hundred start for the first half of the season, um, or for the first few games out the gate, as long as it's because the offense is looking pretty good um, and you see like some promise, more or less with like the Matt Nagy 
scheme, you know, from from a schematic standpoint, there's things to look forward there too. Because at the end of the day, it is going to be Justin Fields, right? Whether whether you get to Justin Fields because the beer sucks so much and you just need you just need to get him in there, or whether it's just like his time, or we're tinkering with 500 to just above 500 football here. Andy Dalton's kind of getting us along and he's managing this thing. But from what Justin Fields has showed us in practice and from where we're at in the season, it's time to give him a little more playing time. Eventually, we're going to get to Justin Fields. I guess, Joey, I'm curious on where do you stand or sit um, right now as we're doing the show um, going into Sunday night? What kind of beer? What, what do you ideally? What's the reason the Bears get to Justin Fields? In your opinion, I hate to be the well. I guess pessimist isn't the word, but the Debbie Downer of the game. But I, there's really a part of me that doesn't think they're going to him unless there's an injury. Like I, I, I really think they're serious about like all season, like all sixteen. Because I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about literally this Sunday night's game. I'm oh. sorry. I mean, like, I mean, like, literally, like, when we finally do get to Justin Fields, it's because the Bears started off 0-7 and, and the, like, Dalton and the offense is, like, horrendous? Or is it because, no, we're, we're midway through the season or we're in week 12 and even though we're 5-7 and seven or, you know, whatever, like, it's just time. Because, like, even Negi said that in his press conference, like, what was it, like, two or three press conferences ago, like, we'll know when we know. So I'm guessing... Would you rather them say maybe get there quicker by courtesy of like a three-game, four-game losing streak out the gate? Or would you rather see the offense show a little promise for like the first half, three-fourths of the season, and then maybe you get to fields? Maybe you don't. (laughs) Maybe you go the whole regular season without seeing him like start a game or something. You know, maybe you only get a few Justin Fields play here and there throughout the season for, you know, little trick plays or something like that or, you know, some kind of Matt Nagy special. So, yeah, I guess it's more or less like, as you go into this Sunday, what's like your overall macro view of this season and more so like how it also relates to when we see Justin Fields? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm dying to see Justin Fields like everybody else, but I, I, I think they're really true to what they're trying to do here, whether you agree with it or not. So, you know, I think barring an injury or a horrific start, Andy Dalton's your starter. And it begs that question of how do you root for the team then? Are you the person that's rooting against them so they lose, so you get Justin Fields faster? Or are you going in every Sunday, of course, wanting to win, and they may win, but you know that costs you your Justin Fields timeline as a fan of when you're going to see him. And it's tough because I hate, you know, you hate rooting against your team, but you know it's on the other side, right? It's not like, like you said, right? Last year, it's like, okay, Mitch is the last option. We don't know what the hell is happening after that. Then going into this year, originally, it was Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. That's all you had. So now you know what the next chapter is going to be. You know what the promise is supposed to be because it's poised to restart that clock of 10 years of hopefully greatness. And so you're kind of just waiting. And it's a difficult spot because you want them to win but that ultimately could force Fields to sit for the whole year and you got a playoff team but what do you show for it because the other guy is eventually going to take over and Dalton's only here on a one year deal and it just 
it's a weird <laughs> conundrum as a fan to to be in because I want them to win, but I want to see the other guy too. So it's 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 tough. But there's gonna be a lot of pressure. I mean, I think n- not not that Andy Dalton deserves a short leash, but it's gonna be pretty short. I think. I mean, it could be very easily a Mike Glennon situation where you're four games in and and we've seen enough if he's that bad. But we shall see. It, it's gonna be funky. Because you got to, you're starting a season with everyone against your starting quarterback. And you're right. I mean, I, I think that is exactly where it is with Bears fans. The biggest picture, or the biggest question, I guess I should say, going into this season is when are you going to see Justin Fields? Because at the end of the day, that's what they want to see. The, it, under any circumstances, right? Whether, whether it's because the Bears are doing well, whether it's because they, you know, they're they started off the game or, you know, 30 to zero and like, you just got to bring somebody else in. Right. But I think in a perfect world, the best case scenario for the Chicago bears is the offense shows promise. They show they've improved. Matt Nagy shows that he could run a balance offense, uh, innovative offense. You know, he, he shows some of that offensive guru promise, you know, a few years in that we were, you know, kind of got a glimpse of year one, uh, when he was nominated by his peers as the, as the, you know, best coach in the league so it's it's that and showing all that progress but also still losing and because like we're just missing like one last piece on offense right like that's like the perfect perfect scenario as well like offense really has improved but there's a drive here or a drive there in the game that could have been like a lot better like dalton's doing well at managing the offense and doing good but there's just like an x factor they need and oh what's that x factor it's the man like it's a different man under center it's a guy like justin fields who could then kind of go in and even if he struggles a little bit out the gate he you know so be it but i think like that's the best situation to be in is like when fields does get in there maybe it's still a losing team and forces the hand but because the offense has been doing better they've showed you know signs of improving finally in that category but they're just missing a few pieces here and there maybe mainly the quarterback play but for all that to happen right in a perfect world for us to finally get to justin fields um we'll see Probably not incredibly likely. I do want to ask you, though, because like you said, Joey, oh, you know, it's going to be like an injury or something, especially early on, that pushes Fields up the depth chart to number one. However, if we see two, Justin, you know, maybe one and a half, like Justin Fields plays (laughs) this this Sunday night, it it wouldn't shock me. Right, like not necessarily. You've seen, you know, guys like you know, um, was it Sean Payne's in New Orleans do it with like Taysom Hill and whatnot? And no, you don't want Justin Fields to be your Taysom Hill type of guy with the Chicago Bears. Obviously, you want him more to be, you know, your next franchise quarterback. But it, you know, if you put him out there week one, I don't, I don't need, I don't know if we see a Justin Fields snap. But it wouldn't surprise me if, like, early on, you know, maybe a part of the first couple games this season, you do see a little Justin Field action in those little gimmicky plays. How beneficial that would be, you know, right to his to his growth if you're trying to, like, you know, play the whole card of oh, well, we want to make sure he's developed and he's, you know, he's holding the clipboard and you know he's learning the ropes from like a veteran quarterback. I don't know, but I think it'd be interesting to. Be on the lookout for something like that, because at the end of the day, that's all, once again, that's all Bears fans really care about. Right, and, it, and it's tough because you go, okay, if if he's sitting the whole year, then why is he, you know, your number two quarterback or going to be a guy that has trick play or feature plays, you know, that 
That should be sure. another person. This guy should be sitting and learning. So if he's ready for that, why isn't he ready to play every day? I mean, I know there's a lot that goes into it, but that's the argument that can be made too, right? So it's, it, it's yeah, I mean, at least, you know, Sean McVay said this week that they're preparing for Justin Fields, so at least they did their job in that regard of making him a, a decoy, but it's... I really think we're, it, it, it's very low chance of seeing him this weekend as much as everybody wants to, but who knows? Under the bright lights, they could they could show you something fun, and I think he'd he'd have a blast doing it too anyways in front of that fancy-packed crowd at SoFi Stadium. You know what's crazy about football, though, Joey? And this whole thing with the quarterback and, and when to play them, when to not, right? Like the rookie quarterbacks. And we're seeing coaches get out of this habit you know the past maybe five five plus years or so with you know not sitting Patrick Mahomes you know four or five years you know like the length you did for you know like Aaron Rodgers or something like that where they perhaps sat a little too long granted Aaron Rodgers was waiting for a Hall of Famer to leave and Brett Favre before sure he got his you know he got his ticket called but we're having this discussion about when do you start Justin Fields? Does it hurt if you start him week one out the gate? And yes, the Bears have already made up their mind. They made up their mind a long time ago. Like, you know, we, we know what the answer is. That's fine. However, if Justin Fields was a New York Jet, if Justin Fields was a New England Patriot, he'd be a week one starter, no questions asked. Mac Jones. Zach Wilson, they were drafted. Well, Zach Wilson, yes. Mac Jones, not so much with the whole departure of Cam Newton and you know the New England Patriots cutting ties there and seeing what they saw, obviously in in their rookie quarterback and making and promoting him to the number one guy. Like he obviously like you know earned his spot there. It wasn't like he was necessarily drafted. You you don't think with the idea Belichick's like yes, this is one hundred percent my guy come week one, but still. And I get that they're in a they're in a different position than the Bears because they don't have like an Andy Dalton or you know their their coaches in front office aren't in, at this point you know because like like I said for all we know like Nagy and Pace bought themselves a little more time but is it just overrated I mean that's what I'm coming at. is it overrated the whole when do you start and when do you not because like I said if Justin Fields was in a different scenario at a different team say like the Jets or perhaps the Patriots. He's starting week one, and there's no questions asked about, is that the best thing to do for his development? So, like, what are we doing here with that whole, like, talk about it? It's, it's just weird to me. I, I don't know. I think they're just going with what – they're just only going off of that Mahomes model and not steering clear at all of that. Like, I think they – they, and I think Dan Burns has had on the score this week, but there's the, there, it's this idea of there there is the camp that thinks – Sitting out the year and becoming the all-pro that Mahomes did was causal, and I'm Stop not sure it. if that's true. I get the, I know, I know. But I, but I, that I, but that's what they're saying here is like okay, we did this for the one of the best quarterbacks probably of all time. So let's do it here. Well, was it the reason why he was good, or was he just more unknown, needed more time to develop, but also was probably the best player in camp, just no one was talking about like they are a Big Ten quarterback. I I don't know. So that's that's a difficult story they're trying to tell you because yeah, you're right. A lot of these guys are, are playing silly. way early. So it's, you know, you're not going to, you, you, you'll be waste. you know, it, it's funny to think about it now, like you just be wasting the rookie deal by letting him sit, you know, for four or five years like they used to. 
based on how the cap works now. So it's it's interesting. When you're talking about a talent like Patrick Mahomes, who I get it, he's only been in the league for a few years and we're already putting him on the in the Hall of Fame, but go on ahead and debate me on whether or not he's gonna he's gonna end up in Canton, right, when it's all when all is said and done in his career. He is obviously just a, a once in a lifetime type of player. A, a, a once, you know, those generational type of players, right? So I mean, Tom Brady as well is is those once in a lifetime, you know, generational type players. And and you know, they they differ in their own ways. And I'm not saying, you know, one's better than the other, one's going to be better than the other one all said and done. I'm just saying that to think that there's like some kind of causation there, right, with him sitting out you know the the majority of his first season, like basically the entire year, except for like what week seventeen or whatever it was, like sitting out. You know that year and not, and not being the team starter was a m- major cause. And I'm not saying that many people say maybe it's a major cause, but did it maybe help in his development? Potentially, maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Right? Maybe it was the opposite. <laughs> maybe maybe you would have had like Patrick Mahomes out the gate. Like you know, maybe if you put him out there week one, you would have had something totally. You know, he would have even been showing showing his stuff really early on. But somebody who's that talented, right? And th- this is again where I'm coming at is I don't think it matters too much, right? Whether you started him out the gate or you gave him the clipboard for. 14, 15, 16, 17 weeks. You know, you know, like I, I, I'd be hard pressed to believe that if you started him week one out the gate, you'd have a totally different Patrick Mahomes because he's just that damn talented. And is Justin Fields going to be the next Patrick Mahomes? Heck, we all hope so. But I mean, that's he's not because that's just a different that's a different you know beast in Patrick Mahomes. But can he be one hell of a quarterback? I hope so. Look where he was drafted. Right. Like, I hope I hope they did get it right this time. You know, you're hoping that he could be a franchise type of guy. So if you think he could be a franchise quarterback and that's where he got drafted and he's coming from Ohio State University and he has the pedigree and he's played, in, in, you know, in the big games in his, in his collegiate career, then I, I don't know how much you negatively impact him from starting him too early. But once again, doesn't really matter now, does it? Because the Chicago Bears, at least for week one and probably for the, you know, the first few weeks of the season have already made up their mind there. Yeah. And, and I, I, I just think the bears are so scared to ruin them. I know that's like a sad fact, but I think they're just, they, they want to be so careful with it because of how everything went with Mitch. And I know, you know, it's not all the bears fault. Like he was just kind of average. Like he wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but yeah. the fact that he wasn't even going to close to be the starter, Glennon sucked. They put him in. He ran <laughs> not even an off. I mean, I couldn't even call that an offense, but they put him through in year one with John Fox and Dial Logan. So, yeah. you know, the next year, obviously, with Nagy and everything, and they made the playoff run was good, and then subsequently fell off afterwards. But I think they're, they're just, they know they can't afford to screw this up as an organization and as Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. So I think they're being overcautious, but that can mean to a fault, especially if it's costing you games. And so we'll... We'll wait and see what happens with that. I mean, you know, and we, we, we too still don't know the contracts of Pace and Nagy, right? They, they're they're hush-hush about it. The, the only organization in all sports. So they could be still here for four years or they're fighting for their jobs. Yeah. Who the hell knows? So they're just, they're, they're being very cautious and careful about it. And, you know, you hope that doesn't cost them if you're doing the Theo method of every season sacred. So we'll, we'll see. I keep I, yeah. I keep I keep I hate keep saying that. We'll see. It's interesting, but it's like <laughs> we haven't seen a down yet. It's hard to make all these these these. Yeah. 
but it's cool, to, it's cool when you try to connect the dots you know it is and, and you get into the you know right before week ones here and like you kind of like get into the last minute you know thoughts of you know Negi and pace and what they're trying to do and set and set up this team here for the year but you make a great point joe i mean it, it's good conversation when you think about it because think about what you just said right if they put it's the safe play if they put Justin Fields out there a little too early and things go awry, so much blame could be put on them. Correct. But say you wait eight weeks, 12 weeks, and then you put Fields out there and things go awry. Sure, you're still going to get some heat because maybe it's schematics. You know, maybe it's, you know, or you just say, oh, they can't develop. Now you can't develop a quarterback or, you know, whatever. Like, sure, you're still going to get some heat, but it's still the safer play. Like, you're never going to say, oh, it's because they sat him the first 10 weeks that that's the cause or that's a big cause of his struggles early on if that happens to be the case, which hopefully we don't get those kind of storylines right. But if you put him out too early, whether that's the cause or not, like say he struggles out the gate, if you were to put him out there, like say week three, week four, and you know he's struggling, then you you know it's just one of those things. Hmm, scratch my head. Maybe, maybe it's because it's maybe it's you know you throw that narrative out there that it was just too early. Where if you wait long, the longer you wait, the safer it is, right? But like I said, for that topic, you know, for that narrative point, but there's still going to be the development you have to think about. Right, there's still going to be, you know, the scheming of the offense that you have to think about. That's going to go into what Justin Fields is going to do out there on the field, and just another expectation, right? Because that's part of what we're trying to do is like setting expectations going into this going into this year. Is even when you do get Justin Fields, like how good can the team actually be? Like not necessarily how good can he be, but think of the line that's in front of him. Like how confident or not confident. He has, you know, besides Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, or, you know, you look at Ridley. Like, I mean, you're looking around there and it's like, oof, boy, like, you know, you're kind of slim there. But, you know, besides Allen Robinson, um, and then you look at what you have as a play caller with Matt Nagy taking, you know, that role again and calling the plays, at least for right now, um, as we start this season. And it's, and I'm not saying like that's a negative necessarily because you know give Negi at least this this next this upcoming year to see where he stands with the play calling duties, but I don't know, it's just <laughs> setting those expectations when when Fields if and when he does enter is well what do we really have here right and it goes back yeah. to my point of you at least want to hopefully see improvement by the Chicago Bears like. Joey, let's be real. If the Chicago Bears go out there and you know they they put up you know twenty one, twenty eight points, win or lose, you know, and they and they look good offensively, you're probably going to go into Monday morning like pretty like all right, like that's what, like like say they lose and there's going to be some meatball Bears fans out there like oh no, if they lose like that's it, I'm in a bad mood regardless. But if the offense shows promise, like that's what we really really need to see. Like win or lose, I just need to see offensive improvement, mostly schematically. By Matt Nagy, I I need to learn that he knows how to call plays because at the end of the day, Matt Nagy's probably going to be around for the next couple of years, like you just mentioned. He's probably bought himself some time, you would think. And if the play calling is fumbled, you know, pun intended, and you know, there's there's just some major question marks there. I'm not going to be too confident when Fields goes in now because the the Bears fans are going to be wanting a new guy out there calling the plays. So, so look at so so many things to key in on. But, once again, I'll be way more excited going into the games this year than I was probably at any point last year besides maybe the Nickelodeon game. 
Yeah, no, and 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 I think too, you know, as, as much as I'm dying to, to dissect this off and to see what it's going to be, I, I also really want to understand where this defense is at. I mean, not that this Bears team is ancient, but you know, they are one of the older teams in the league. This defense is, you know, a few years older from 2018, and with a bunch of questions at cornerback, Eddie Goldman is injured again. We're not exactly sure where he stands for this weekend. What is this team going to look like defensively that we kind of always hang our hat on? And, you know, you see on the Sunday night promo for next weekend, excuse me, for this weekend, Khalil Mack. The NFL promo with all little cartoons, Khalil Mack. The Fox promo with NFL cartoons, Khalil Mack. Everything is that and synonymous with the defense still because the offense hasn't caught up yet. And so now the question becomes, well, yeah, will the offense catch up? Like you're saying, but my bigger question too is, what is this defense actually going to look like? And especially against Matt Stafford this weekend, who has had their number regardless if the Lions fumble it away at the end of every game as they did. He's still going to throw for a ton of yards. So, you know, I, I, I want to see that test in action too this weekend. I, I'm looking forward to throwing things at my TV just close enough to where I don't break it. But I think it'll be fun. And I just, I, I can't believe it's actually this this Sunday. It's been a, a wild ride for that. But I, I want to, I, I don't know if you are doing game predictions yet or what you wanted to do, but I, I, I do want to bring up one thing. I was looking at our at our podcast and trying to think, because it's September, and I go, well, we started last September. Like, when when did we do that? And if you scroll back, September 10th, so tomorrow, when this episode is released, 2020. Wow. So it is an official year mark anniversary, which can be cause for celebration in its own right. But the funnier <laughs> thing is the title. How long is Mitch's leash? Wow. And we're sitting here now, a year later, moved on from him, asking how long is Andy Dalton's leash? And it's the same damn storyline Another year, another quarterback on the same team in the city we love. And it's and it's it's eerie. It's like, congrats, you've been on for a year. Oh crap, same storyline. <laughs> it's like it's it's absolutely crazy how that works out. Wow. No, I mean, I, I'm sitting here like kind of in awe because I I just scrolled and looked at it as well and yeah, September 10th, 2020, and I'm almost positive, like almost 100% positive we would have recorded that show September 9th, 2020, and here we are September 9th, 2021. Yeah, and it's literally how long is Mitch's leash? And, you know, in the Bears season preview, are they good enough? You know, and, and you know, Lions, you know, Bears versus Lions predictions. And that is that is something. So if we stick with the trend. And Bears-Lions, uh, they're playing Stafford, but he's in L.A., that's weird. <laughs> are we gonna have a Are we gonna have a dropped, um, touched a, a potential game winning touchdown again, or or who knows? Um, yeah, I mean it's something. It's been it's been quarterback hell, you know, ever ever since the word go with being a Chicago Bears fan. So yeah, how, how short is the lead? It, it, it's funny because we just 
we we just Bears are just looking for that guy, right? Even even though last year we knew Foles, well, did we know? I mean, I guess we technically didn't. Me personally, no, I'm not going to sit here and act like I did. But you know, it's uh, how short is the Mitch lease because we want to get to Foles, and Foles is the guy. Trust us, Foles is the guy. Yeah, Foles wasn't the guy um Foles is the guy now you know he's 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 back there you know behind fields now third third place in line so that no that that's interesting and i mean that's that's definitely um where i would want to go to yes i mean that that's how we could kind of get towards the end and then do want to make a fun little um chicago cubs nugget before we wrap up but joy listen i don't you know i i, I like i like your thought process here with also being intrigued at what this defensive unit can do because like like you said as long as justin fields is going to be on the sideline that's how the Chicago Bears are going to be advertised, right? At least when they're playing primetime, it's going to be, you know, Mac Hicks, um, you know, maybe they're like a Javathan tackle in there or something. And that's how you were going, you know, it's just typical black and blue division monsters of the midway type of, you know, great defense advertising. Um, if you're going to portray or illustrate anything for the Chicago Bears. So I, this, de- this team, this defense, they're they're a lot older, and then the, 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 not not necessarily a lot older than last league. It's just been one year, but they are a decent amount older than the rest. Of the, they're one of the oldest, I think, if not the oldest units, right, in, in the league by average age. Um, it's definitely something to look at in this in this uh, game of football. That's not necessarily gentle on on one's body, um, but not only that. Like, what are we going to do at corner? Right, like who in the hell is going to stop Cooper Cup out of the slot? And this uh, with, with McVeigh and this Rams offense, and now they have you know, like you said, Stafford under center for them, and what what they could do. I mean, look at what Stafford did. He was a stud in Detroit with hardly anything ever, right? And, and he made he made it work. Like he he put up good numbers, and he was like surviving in there, right? He was surviving in that atmosphere with, with the Lions and like the, that crap unit that they put around him, you know, for so many years. Like he never really had too much. You know, there was there were some promising weapons here and there. You know, with a Galladay and a Jones Jr. or whatnot, but never really had a Calvin Johnson. For for all, yeah, but that, that was very very early on. But you know what I'm saying? Like for the majority, you know, for the and that's a great point. But like for the majority, and that's when he put up like tons tons of numbers. He's he's a he's an effing good quarterback, and especially towards the tail end though, because that's a good point of his Lions career. Didn't really have a plethora. I'm talking from the whole nine yards. Line, play calling, you name it. Um, you know, he made things work there in Detroit, no matter what you gave him, whether you gave him a Hall of Famer like Megatron or you gave him like a Jones Jr., who not a bad wide receiver, you know, but I'm just saying. So what he could do now in in this offense with Sean McVay and, you know, Woods, Cup, Henderson, like you name it. I don't see this defense really. <laughs> you know, the Rams and Bears always have those good matchups as, as in, you know, in recent years, but I could see the Bears getting trucked this game. And usually when I say something like this, it's either a close game or the Bears come out on top somehow. All but right, good. I think they're going to get trucked. It could be like 31 to 10, 31 to Yikes. 7 potentially. I mean, I think it could get bad. I, I really do. I, I think this defense could get exposed, and we haven't said that for a while. Right about the Chicago Bears defense, we didn't even say that last year, and they were probably middle of the pack outside of top ten last year. You know, especially early on, but you know, with, you know, with losing Kyle Fuller and, like I said, just not having much depth there when it counts in this passing league. And sure, I, I, you still have Mac, but I mean, 
you know, there there's some injuries last year, and especially when Hicks was out, you know, does that help with, you know, now Mac not getting enough action? You know, just double teaming Mac, and, you know, he can't get there. Still, I mean, I, I could I could see it, Joey. I, I could see them getting burned. I could see McVay coming up with a great plan, you know, to get the ball out of Stafford's hands quickly if need be. And I'll tell you this prediction. I'll I'll, st- I'll just stick with the thirty-one to ten. I'll be generous, and it's going to be a Rams victory. I'll be I'll be shocked if somehow the Chicago Bears pull it out. Yeah, I'll give him one more touchdown. I'll do thirty-one seventeen. I gotta be nice. You're gonna go thirty-one points offensively on the board for the Rams too, huh? Did, did I sell you on the Chicago Bears' poor depth, or, or, or what was it there? I think it's just how good the Rams' offense is supposed okay. to be. Like, I, 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 I'm very excited to see Stafford. I mean, this is this is McVay finally having a quarterback that he wants in his system. Yeah. And even though he's a little older, then again, Brady's a million and five and still playing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is this is going to be fun, and so I don't know if it'll come out right out of the gate, but I expect them to have really, really big numbers, and Stafford deserve, deserves that, deserves to be on a good team. So I think that's where it comes from. They're just they're 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 primed for success on offense, just like you know the Buccaneers are, just like other teams are, to where as much as you can try to play them, reality sets in. Well, before we wrap up, I said we have one more nugget to talk about. Um, Frank Schwindel, are you are you are you just sending him his contract, uh, his twelve year, his ten year extension on yeah, the uh, ten years, five hundred million? <laughs> or you know what, just make it a seven year contract. Since he since he you know he was such a big part of that seven game winning streak, you give him a seven year extension and call it a day. NL Player of the Week, right? Like, what was it? Two straight walkups in a row? Was it three? Uh, sorry for not knowing the exact number, but goes bananas. Right, so is this is this your uh, is this your Anthony Rizzo replacement here, Joey? I know I know we talked briefly about it last last week, um, last episode about mm-hmm. the twenty nine and you know thirty year old rookies or whatnot. So it's just funny how after that show because they're heating up, boom! Especially Frank Schwindel just comes out the gate, and then we had an Ortega home run was it the other day or whatnot? But yeah, so opinion changed a little bit mine hasn't <laughs> at all whatsoever but i'm wondering if you know after we did that show you get even more fireworks now from these boys anybody you want sticking around next year you know it's funny i i love it i, I this, this schwindel story is amazing and the fact that he's you know every day making highlights hitting home runs walk-offs hitting over 300 ops you know 400 slugging 600 i mean it's just it's it's remarkable and you know it's funny could could i how do i frame this and not be skeptical as the cubs fan in me now that i that i have become because it's it's turning the 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 page of okay maybe a patrick wisdom or frank schwindel could be on this team next year and they're playing because they're playing really really well but here we go (laughs) because they're playing really really well then ownership will go oh We'll just plug in these guys for the next two years. Why spend money on on talent to help us win again? And so it's doing the by them playing well, it could cost you down the road because they'll be like, these guys are above replacement level and can work. But I'll I'll take that cynicism out of it. I'll focus for this year because I I, I think it's just a really cool story. And, you know, it's kind of these cast off guys all coming through together. And and winning, and it's funny they've gone on that kind of win streak here, 
where, you know, the division's not really out of reach. And I know they have no really real chance, but 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 stop the, it. But what's funny is if they didn't sell everybody off, be, they're, they're beating the Reds, right? So no, but then you don't get Schwindel. Then you don't get Schwindel if you don't sell off Rizzo. That's true. But it's just funny how like they're kind of still relevant, even though they have no business being relevant. They're kind of relevant because the division sucks. So it's just it's it's kind of funny how that that works. But listen, it keeps them in the headlines, right? I mean, I wouldn't be talking about the Cubs right now, but. These the, these guys are worth talking to about and deserve the time because this may be their only shot. And if it isn't, then Ricketts will say, uh, "Here's your check. We'll give you twenty million bucks, and uh, thanks for taking Rizzo's spot for the next three years until we build our farm system back up." <laughs> there we go. Hey, they're only, they're only about uh, six or seven games out of out of third place behind the Cardinals, and then yeah, I mean it's it's it's, it's roughly what is it like ten or so uh, away from away from the Reds. But so you're yeah, saying I mean, there's hey, a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance. No, there's no chance. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, at least for you know the the front office and rings and whatnot, they're they get entertaining enough product especially as of late like ah you thought this is all just gonna be complete disaster no 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 you still get some entertaining baseball along the way so yeah look how that ended up working out but sustainability with that not too sure but we're gonna wrap this puppy up and next time we discuss joey it's gonna be after a bears 31 to 10 or 31 to 17 loss to the rams and we'll talk about how right we are and you know go from there and it's gonna be fun to to break down uh that opener and see exactly see exactly um, how it all plays out after having the discussion that we had today. But until next time, thank you for tuning in. Uh, he's Joey Gelman. You can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. I'm Dan Collins, who you can find on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. And then lastly, once again, this fine show that is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Um, it's brought to you by those fine folks. We're going to see you next time. Season two of this podcast if you're listening right now 365 days ago we were talking about how Mitch is out of here now hopefully Justin Fields sooner rather than later for our viewing entertainment catch you next time Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.